We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One-two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it! 3,000 for Robin! And there's a drive in the left field! This is hit well! And it's gone! You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. If you hear that change in my voice, it's something that will let you know that fall is upon us. My fall allergies have arrived. We're in the era where we say, is it our fall allergies? I have taken a COVID test every day for the last week and not a once has the evil beast returned for me. That means fall is here two weeks from now. The 2022 MLB regular season will be over. We will know the fate of the Milwaukee Brewers. Are they headed to most likely St. Louis to try and win two games out of three? We don't know yet. That's still in the not-so-distant future. Adam, thanks for joining me. We have, uh, we have almost reached the summit for whatever that view upon us will be. The summit are in a deer. I, I don't know. We don't know quite which yet. I don't think there's an in-between. Um, with the way this season has unfolded, we're either really going to feel great if they if they manage to get back in and we get to see some playoff baseball, or we're going to be really, really down about it. And we're going to be thinking back to where this team was in May and June and what what went wrong. Where did Where did those brewers go? And what does it mean? for the future. So I don't know if there's an in-between. So the summit are in the deer either way. We're, we're hitting one of those very, very soon. Yeah. And the one thing we can say for these last 
few weeks is it, it hasn't been boring. We're going through moments where the Brewers surprise us in both a good or a bad way. Maybe it's not, it's not a surprise anymore. Actually, I'll say it's not a surprise to maybe see them lose two out of three to a bad team, then take two out of three against the Yankees, then have a series against the New York Mets right there on a silver platter for them. And for just one of the games to just lose control and be out of their grasp. Um, things have kind of been, it, I want to say the status quo, it feels like it's been kept in terms of the distance that they are from the teams ahead of them. They can't seem to quite cross that one and a half uh, game deficit threshold. And now it's back up to two and a half behind the Philadelphia Phillies. The Padres seem to have gotten themselves together and are now a game and a half up on the Phillies, which makes it a full four games up on um, the Brewers. I say that, but this race has taught us that at any moment, one team can just go and have a full-on disaster series going into last night. I think the Phillies had lost five games in a row. A, they were down 3 nothing in the eighth inning, and then they have a comeback in the eighth and a man-for-ball win to keep the Brewers from climbing back in the standings. As you know, coming off the two games out of three, win against the New York Yankees, the New York Mets came to town. And uh, the first game of the series on Monday night, I'm losing all sense of time. It's been a busy few weeks. Um, Corbin Burns versus Max Scherzer. And for a bit, this was every bit the uh, pitchers duel we expected it to be through three innings, each uh, dueling shutouts. And then, one at bat in the fourth inning, Burns misses his spot on a pitch to Pete Alonzo. Alonzo in the fourth inning, Homers makes it 3-0. In the sixth, Francisco Lindor adds an RBI triple that scores Brandon Nimmo. Old friend Daniel Vogelbach doubled to center field to score Francisco Lindor. Uh, the Brewers would, would try and scratch their way back into this game late after Scherzer exited, but Scherzer was tremendous, left without allowing a base runner, six innings pitch, no hits, no runs, no walks, nine strikeouts, removed with 68 pitches, just coming off the IL. So the Mets know that they have bigger fish to fry, and if they are um, got a lead like this in a game, 5 nothing, and Scherzer's done, they trust their bullpen to uh, get them out the rest of the way. Tyler McGill did allow that two-run homer in the seventh to Rowdy Tellez to make it 5-2 but then they would tack on some insurance run in the eighth inning off of Justin Topa. Uh, Tyler Naquin singles to center to score um, Pete Alonzo. And then uh, Thomas Nida singled to center to score Naquin makes it seven to two in the eighth. Seth Lugo and Adam Adovino close things down uh, to get the seven two win. Uh, some nice things for the Brewers. Jake Cousins uh, one in the third innings pitched. Uh, returning from the I.L. just to hit and a walk, two strikeouts. Peter Streslecki throws a scoreless um, ninth inning against the Mets. But overall, this game came down to Max Scherzer dominating and Corbin Burns making a few mistakes across both the fourth and the sixth inning, and that was it. The Brewers' bats could not overcome it against uh, Scherzer. Only four hits on the day, one for five with runners in scoring position, two runners left on base. For the most part, it was just Scherzer put them in a hole early, um, and they couldn't answer. Yeah, and from Corbin's point of view, if there's a guy on the Mets you don't want to just slightly miss your spot in a pitch to, it is Pete Alonzo, and he paid dearly for that. It was like the home run derby out there, Andrew. The, the thing, I guess, with this game, part of it, like if you're looking back on the series, 
Losing this game isn't the one that hurts when you get six innings of that caliber out of Scherzer where it wasn't a lot they could do. Would have been nice to see a little bit more, particularly after uh, Rowdy's homer got them on the board. And at that time, I believe it was 5-2. So you're in the game in spite of all of that. But the offense wasn't to wasn't to be there from that point on for the Brewers. It's the game in the series, though, where I'm like, okay, well, if Max Scherzer pitches like that, there's a good chance that you're going to lose this game. And if Corbin Burns doesn't have his best stuff, which we're kind of, it feels like we're seeing alternating Burns performances recently where he goes from being at his imperious best to being just a little bit leakier than usual, putting the Brewers in tough spots. Um, ERA up to 3.12. Not great. Like, when you consider how good he's been for most of the season, it really has just got away from a little lately, which is tough. Um, tough for the Brewers when they just can't afford to let any opportunities get past them. And it goes for, I guess, a few different players on this team, particularly in the pitching staff. But if the absolute best version of Corbin Burns, like we're seeing earlier in the season, um, had been around the past couple of months, you could probably tack another couple of wins, maybe three wins onto the Brewers record. And in the situation they're in, that would make all the difference. So that's, I guess, part of the story here. The offense don't do the job, but there's a few pitchers who just, they've dropped off a little. Some have dropped off a lot, which we'll get to maybe with a bullpen guy in a later game in this series. Um, But it's just unfortunate because the margin for error is way too fine for that to be something the Brewers can get away with right now. Yeah. Um, Corbin Burns after the game said, if we get in, I'd love to play them. I would love to play them too, Corbin, because it would probably, probably be in a uh, division series game. And that would mean that we made it to the real playoff round and not this new fake Manfred playoff round. Um, yeah, let's I mean, let's not knock the fake Manfred playoff round right now. Oh, don't get me wrong; I'd bite your arm off for the fake Manfred playoff round. Trust me, uh, I'm all. Manfred on wants that. to wants to add any more fake playoff places right now. I'm listening. The fourth wild card. Listen, what kind of ideas does Todd Bowley have to just make the Premier League <laughs> worse? Let's uh, let's do things like that, for, but for baseball, let's just add like a relegation playoff, but for another wild card spot. Um, yeah, and as you mentioned, Adam. Uh, first off, just I, I don't care who the Brewers have on the mound. They're probably not winning that game if Max Scherzer's throwing the way he is. So kind of yeah. just is what it is at that point. Um, yeah, game two is where it hurt. Um, Aaron Ashby on the mound in what was always going to be a short stint uh, against Carlos Carrasco. This was a bullpen game uh, for the Brewers. That was kind of the plan. Ashby fresh off the IL. Uh, didn't. Didn't look his sharpest, but didn't also allow any meaningful damage. Uh, two innings pitched, uh, one hit, two walks, two strikeouts. He was relieved by Peter Strezlecki, who provided one and two-thirds inning scoreless work. Peter Strezlecki, before I move on to the scoring place, is a guy that I just think is going to pop off even more in 2023. I think he's proven this year he can be relied on in meaningful spots, and I'm really excited about his future with the Brewers. Um, this is a game the Brewers would get a significant lead in, which is why it hurts. Andrew McCutcheon double in the second scores Colton Wong. Omar Narvaez single scores Andrew McCutcheon. It's 2-0 in the second when Willie Adamas would come up and single to score Tyrone Taylor. 
three uh, nothing after two. More scoreless work from the bullpen. Uh, Hobie Milner fires an inning in two thirds of scoreless baseball with no hits, no walks, and a strikeout. Another great inning from Hobie. Carlos Carrasco would only last four innings. Uh, four innings pitch, five hits, three runs. They were all earned, two walks, four strikeouts. All of that damage against Carrasco coming in that second inning, but he had thrown 90 pitches after four. So the Mets elect to go to Trevor Williams. In the fifth, uh, Colton Wong singles uh, to score Willie Adamas and makes it 4 nothing. And then uh, in the sixth inning, Pete Alonzo again um, with Brad Boxberger on the mound. Three-run homer is second of the series, makes it 4-3. So the Brewers still have a lead at that point in the seventh inning. Uh, bullpen lining up exactly how you intended for it to line up when you traded Josh Hader, added Taylor Rogers, added Matt Bush in a separate trade. And it went the exact opposite of how you plan for it. And it's just, it's big representative situation of Rogers season with the Brewers. It's highlighted by scoreless innings and disaster innings. And that's pretty much that he comes on uh, after Brad Boxberger uh, gets one runner, uh, one runner out on a ground out. Uh, Boxberger had continued on from his last inning, gets a ground out, is removed for Rogers. Darren Ruff pinch hits for Luis Guillerme. Uh, Rogers walks him. James McCann up next. Walks McCann. Brandon Nimmo up. Walks Nimmo. Um, strikes out Mark Conha. And then Francisco Lindor grand slam to left field. Makes it seven to four. Gets out of the inning by striking out Pete Alonso, but the damage is done. Walks the bases loaded, allows the uh, homer to Francisco Lindor, and just like that kind of just sums up a large part of what this Brewer season has been. It's just you're right there, you're right there, you're right there. Disaster and very tough. And Taylor <laughs> Taylor Rogers in the post game is taking accountability for things. He goes, there's just no excuse for it. You can say new place, new catchers, new all this stuff, but you've just got to keep the ball in the yard. I haven't been doing that yet. Rogers has a six, six, three ERA since being acquired by the Brewers. Uh, <laughs> Hater has a 10, nine, seven ERA with the Padres, uh, but has pitched. They, six... they may meet in the middle though, at the, yeah, the direction he... things are trending before the he... season finishes. Yeah, exactly. As I was saying, he's six scoreless outings in a row for, Hater and Rogers just keeps having this stop, start, stop, start. And every time it's a one of those poor outings, it's 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 more than one run in an inning. And the really what it is is his home run rate is just higher than it's ever been in his career. And you, you ask how to fix that, and it seems like nobody has answers. But that that was just one that really was a punch to the gut. Had had a very similar feeling to that uh, Colorado game uh, a few weeks ago, except. This was against a division leader. Against division leader and also on a night when we'll talk some more about the Phillies recent exploits on night the Phillies lost and real chance to, I guess, turn up the heat, put the pressure on, which maybe also could have impacted game three for the Phillies. You know, if the, if the situation is different there, it feels like every Every at-bat kind of matters on multiple fronts now because you're doing it for yourself, but you're also trying to do something that the next time your rivals in the race have to have to go out and play a game. It's like, okay, well, this is the gap, and 
it's closing, it's closing. And with how deep a hole the Phillies have been in recently, um, a game like this where a big win against a quality opponent is there for you and you choke it up like that, there's just there's no excuse for having a five run lead and just or a four run lead, sorry. Um and losing as kind of limply, as lifelessly as this. And it's pretty unforgivable stuff. I mean, Boxberger has been bad, just really bad for quite some time. Um it's been baffling to check in with his numbers and be like, how is his ERA holding up? It is starting to slide down, it is starting to regress. But it's been an issue since early in the season where he was as good as Devin Williams and Hayter were, where that one, two, three punch was really just pretty, pretty untouchable. Like you weren't getting a whole lot off those guys. Box has had a very erratic second half to the season. It feels like the Tyler Rogers experience, you've already gone through it and it speaks for itself, but to just get yourself in this position to have the kind of cushion that they had, and then to find yourself trailing with Edwin Diaz in to close out the game, it's that's not a good spot to be. From where things were um, to to that point in the game, where Diaz looked great, by the way, not that that's surprising. Uh, it's just not what you want. And that's the kind of situation the Brewers could have avoided. They could have had a comfortable win here with just competent bullpen pitching. The seventh and eighth as you mentioned, were their best chances to answer because they would have to face Edwin Diaz in the ninth, who uh, was locked in. The seventh, Luis Arias single, uh, or after Rowdy Tellez fly out, Luis Arias singles, Colton Wong strikes out, McCutcheon singles, uh, Jace Peterson pinch hits for Keston Hira, Peterson strikes out uh, swinging, so nothing there, seven to four Mets after the bottom of the seventh. Matt Bush comes on uh, in the top of the eighth, and looks great, induces a ground out to Eduardo Escobar, strikes out um, the next two to get out of that inning unscathed. And then the last real chances of uh, the baseball game for the Brewers, uh, Garrett Mitchell with one out in the eighth, reaches on an infield single because he's the fastest man alive. Um, Yellich strikes out. Willie Adamas uh, singles to score Mitchell. And then Edwin Diaz comes on to finish out the eighth, strikes out Rowdy Tellez, and then he goes... Uh, ground out of Arias, strike out of Wong, strike out of McCutcheon in the bottom of the ninth to secure that 7-5 to five win. Uh, and also a scoreless outing from Brent Suter, who had had that great stretch post-All-Star break and then had a few blips on the radar here and there. It seems to have settled back down. So really good relief work from Brent Suter and Matt Bush, Hobie Milner, Peter Streslecki, not so much for Brad Boxberger and Taylor Rogers when you're having to string together that many innings from your bullpen because you don't have the starting pitching depth because of injuries and, you know, decisions you made over the offseason on positions to bolster and not bolster. That it, you're just leaving yourself thin margins. And yet, this was a game the Brewers should have won. Uh, Willie Adamas came to play five for four uh, with a run to RBI. Uh, he had had a, a, a tough game in game one of the series after being on a hot streak and then he. Bounces back immediately, but 7-5 Brewers loss, another tough loss, one of the tougher losses of the season, just given where they were in the late innings and they just couldn't bring it home. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Can I can I just one one thing on obviously because this comes back to the trade that we're still talking about. I'm going to continue to talk about one of the things until that, we're dead that the Brewers um, were somewhat vocal about in the aftermath as a motivation for the trade and something that historically it seemed like was something of a bugaboo with Hater as the fact that Hater would only pitch a single inning and he only wanted the ninth. And the top process of, you know, well, there's not a lot of flexibility there. You're not getting to play matchups in the same way. This is my first experience of all of this. And I, I have to say, I do not like not having a clear picture of what the order is going to be for the bullpen late in the game. And I really don't feel like the Brewers have been benefiting from that in the way that they should have. Like, I'm trying to think back to two matchups and to stretches in the order here too. The, but the the box box Rogers Bush for six, seven, eight is also that's that's a yeah. configuration that I don't know if we've seen before. Any kind of flip-flopping of Bush and Rogers, though, is still what you would expect in that situation. The advantage <clears throat> from using that kind of flexibility is doing what he did. Uh I can't remember which year's which I think it was the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees. The advantage comes from when you put your best player in your highest leverage situation. Yes. And they just don't do that often enough to where it seems like it makes sense. But and you've got you've got three other pitchers who are not your best relief pitchers who are factoring into therein them. lies the issue. If you're doing this with Josh Hader at prime Josh Hader and Devin Williams, oh yeah, you've really got something. If you're doing it with Homer prone Taylor Rogers and Brad Boxberger, not really the same thing. <laughs> so it's uh, now the argument they would make is that, you know, Hader had lost it. Seems like he's found it now. So who's to say? But yeah, it's just, I, I, the theory makes sense, but this is not the 2015 Kansas City Royals that had basically three closers. Yeah. And even like when you think of someone like Box, we talk about what he was early in the season as opposed to more recently. The best we saw of Box, he was always in the seventh inning, and it was just like that was his spot. That's when we'd see Box. You'd see occasionally he might end up for a save there, depending on someone else's workload, could get an eight, but we'll say 75 80 percent of the time you're getting Box in the seventh. 
you certainly weren't getting them earlier than that. Um, I don't know. I just, the returns of this particular approach are not feeling great to me. It's not filling me with any more confidence that there's an element when you're watching. It's kind of roulette of, okay, well, it might make sense to go to a right-hander here, but which right-hander is it going to be? Or is he going to have Taylor Rogers up much earlier? And most often it does still seem like Devin is the one who is just rooted to his spot. Um, We have seen one good usage of him recently where he went back to the eight, but yeah, I'm, I'm not getting a whole lot of good feelings out of watching this evolution of how they're using their bullpen compared to what they were doing earlier in the season, which I get some of the kind of the issues with that, the challenges that can create if you're not, using any kind of flexibility to be able to tailor your approach to matchups. But there is also something in that's your spot. We trust your stuff, no matter who you're up against. Here's who's coming after you go do your job. Those other guys will do their job and we're going to win this game. I disagree if you have good pitchers, but they don't have good pitchers. Um, But I do want to make a comment, Adam, that we're also taking it at, they're aware that that was actually a factor into why they did the uh, trade. Uh, for sure. That was way at the bottom of the list. And we all, we all know that. But we're just speaking as if they were talking to us on good faith, which is what we have to do. But I, I don't think that's a non-factor for council. Like, I think immediately that would mean something that council would have been like, oh, well, th- here's something I can do now. And I mean, not to bring up the term that is not our favorite, but all of the, the Craig Timber disciples were like, Singing from the rooftops at the time, they're like, "Oh well, what this is really going to be good for is Craig's going to be able to play matchups, and that's going to lead to great results." And it's like, I'm I'm not even saying that he's necessarily playing matchups wrong, but to your point, yeah, the pitchers just are not good enough to get into those games right now. Yeah, it's, and I think that kind of setup requires. Now, I think he has been regarded as this, but it requires both management and managers that are able to communicate that flexibility of role but it also takes like it's a two-way street you need to have guys that feel like they can perform that way and taylor rogers seems like a guy who's just gonna settle in and do whatever is asked of him but right now it's just like a train rolling down the tracks with no brakes and so is any matchup a good matchup at this point it's just kind of luck of the draw um that being said, Matt Bush has been good uh, yep. lately, it feels like. So good for him because uh, he is under contract for next year and Taylor Rogers is not. So will this performance lead to any decisions there or will David Stearns and company see if they can get Taylor Rogers back at a cut rate deal? Don't ta- don't don't put it past the Brewers, Adam. Um, let's see. Moving on to the final game of this series. Um, Adrian Hauser on the mound against Tawan Walker. And needing innings, he gave them some. Uh, couldn't quite, quite get out of the, the fifth because Council uh, was quick on the draw there. But he did his job. Four and two-thirds innings pitch, three hits, no runs, uh, no walks. He no also wanted to out. make sure the Mets got the hit-by-pitch record on the night. That, he was, that, that is he true was working as well. really hard for that. Yeah, box score here obviously doesn't show me the hit-by-pitch, but they're uh, – there was the hit by pitch and the Mets asked for the ball when they hit their, the uh, hit by pitch record, uh, which amused me quite, quite greatly. 
Uh, this was a scoreless game for quite a while. Hauser goes the four and two thirds, a scoreless uh, out <laughs> from Obi Milner. Trevor Gott throws a scoreless inning. Fox throws a scoreless inning. Suter throws a scoreless inning. Jake Cousins is the the Brewers string together nine scoreless innings with one, two, three, four, five, six pitchers. Why can't my brain do that math silently? In the sixth with Taiwan Walker still on the mound. Wally, or Willie, not Wally. Wally is the mascot <laughs> of the Boston Red Sox. And the name if of my cousin's if Willie's- dog. Listen, if Willie's got a twin brother, Wally Adama somewhere, I'd, I'd like the Brewers to to get him on the roster right about now. Yeah, sign me up. Um, Willie Adamas, homers to center, makes it one nothing. Brewers in the sixth. In the seventh, Tyron Taylor singles to score. Chase Peterson makes it 2 nothing. And then, what a moment, Adam. Uh, the Brewers needed it because we were not very trusting of the bullpen in this particular moment. That being said, the guys that were put in because of what happened here, instead of guys that you would normally think would be in a high leverage situation, ended up going great and scoreless. Um, bottom of the sixth inning, or no, excuse me, bottom of the seventh inning, uh, Jay, Jace Peterson had walked. Tyron Taylor had singled him in. Uh, there's runners on first and second. Garrett Mitchell sacrifice bunts to third base, nearly beats it out because, once again, he is the fastest man alive. Uh, Christian Yelich strikes out. Runners on second and third uh, with two outs. The Mets elect to walk the red hot Willie Adamas. Rowdy Tlaz do up next. Uh, Mike Brasso pinch hits for him. And Mike Brasso deposits a grand slam over the left field wall to make it 6 nothing. Mike Brasso, uh, a flair for the dramatic, all the, going all the way back to that Cubs series earlier early in the year. Um, it was a very interesting decision there. Rowdy's been scuffling a bit to to make that move the uh i believe there was a left-hander left-handed pitcher on the mound originally uh when that happened the mets countered by bringing on um a right-hander drew smith doesn't matter um mike brasso puts the game out of reach um which allowed the rest of that bullpen to go through things scoreless brewers that's something that's something that i feel like we'd said a month or six weeks ago that it was kind of surprising how rare it had become to see pinch hits for Brasso and some of the spots that he was getting them early in the season, considering his success there. I believe he is tied for most pinch hit home runs in major league baseball. I think that's right. Um, after the grand slam. So it's clearly something he's just exceptionally good at. And I call it Bross ball. <laughs> Uh, being able to to hit pinch hit homers is brass ball now. I'm I'm on board with that. Might be something that the Brewers really need to get creative and turn to a lot off a lot more often because I feel like we've seen a lot more kind of limp finishes. And look, Bross is a Bross is a utility guy. He can do whatever is asked him. We already know about his pitching exploits. I say don't be afraid to put Mike Brasso in any position late in the game if it's going to come to it. Just give him a chance to hit a homer and maybe you'll get away with anything else. Brasso can play catcher if needed. I mean, we don't need to see some homer in our vias. Uh, I don't know, ground balls late in games with with it all on the line. Let's get Mike Brasso into the game. Are you with me? Um. Yeah, why not? What do you have to lose at this point? Nothing, um... nothing, Andrew. <laughs> Uh, and I, uh, I like just like the fervent like bat kind of toss down that he had on it as well. He was just like really big fired smile. Up. Yeah, he, and it, 
the th- the one thing with that is it was not a no doubter. <laughs> no. Like it, I was concerned. <laughs> he could very easily have ended up looking very, very dumb for his his sheer confidence that it was way out of the park and it was very nearly hauled in at, at the fence. But listen, that didn't happen, thankfully. Uh yeah, I had that thought as well. I was like, is it is that gonna make it? Is Jeff McNeil at the wall there gonna haul that in? But no, it was gone. And did exactly what it needed to do to help the the Brewers secure a win. And uh, yeah, uh, not ideal because of the missed opportunity in game in game two. But you go three for three in a six game series against the New York Mets and the New York Yankees. I mean, you, we probably would have taken it if you had asked us that at most points of the season. We'd been like, yeah, that's a great result. Just the 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 process of how it happened and just where they are in the season is what makes it a little sour but overall they've survived that and now there are 13 games left to play and they know exactly what's ahead of them before that let's hand out some master brewer points um peter streslecki two and two-thirds innings pitched no hits one walk no runs three strikeouts a lot of this is going to be the bullpen i obviously had some bullpen-ish days and a bullpen day, and some guys performed really well. Hobie Milner, uh, two innings pitched, a hit, no walks, no runs, a strikeout. Brent Suter, two innings pitched, one walk, no hits, no runs, a strikeout. Jake Cousins returning, two and a third innings pitch, one walk, one hit, one hit by a pitch, no runs, three strikeouts. A little more traffic for Cousins, but, you know, he's coming back from injury, and he didn't allow a run, so felt right to reward him. Willie Thomas stays hot after a bad first game. Five for 11, two walks, two doubles, a home run, two runs, three RBI. Mike Brasso, one at bat, one run, four RBI, <laughs> the grand slam. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, three for six, two walks, a double, run scored, one RBI. Played in two of the three games. Through 149 games, the leaderboard looks like this. Rowdy Tellez with 22. Christian Yelich with 18. Willie Adamas and Corbin Burns with 17. Andrew McCutcheon and Brandon Woodruff with 13. Devin Williams, Jace Peterson, Hunter Renfro at 10. Luis Arias, Tyrone Taylor at 9. Colton Long with 8. Hobie Milner, Keston Hira, Josh Hader with 7. Freddie Peralta with 6. Aaron Ashby with 5. Peter Strzelecki, Victor Caratini, Jason Alexander with 4. Brent Suter, Adrian Hauser, Matt Bush, excuse me, Taylor Rogers, Brad Boxberger, Trevor Gott, Jonathan Davis with 3. Garrett Mitchell and Omar Narvaez with 2. Mike Brasso and Jake Cousins joined Luis Perdomo, Yando Gustave, Luke Barker with one. Feels like Mike Brasso should have a lot more. I don't, it's a, like Adam was saying, maybe a flaw in the, the mechanism it's, that we need to work out over the offseason. You read a line like that one, and I think there's probably, there's other times where that might be one for one, one run with a homer, and we're like, ah, can we give a guy a beer for one at bat in the series? And yeah, you probably should if they, you know, use their one bat, one at bat quite like you did in this occasion. Uh, I even brought up the two beer question for Brasso for that one for full transparency. I think Andrew Andrew talked me off, and I think he's right. But then when he re- re- when he read out one for one, one run, four RBI, you're kind of like, mm, that's pretty good. It's good efficiency. Uh, but yeah, maybe something else we need to analyze. If it had been zero zero, or if or the la- if or a walk off, I would have been all on board. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> there's no doubt about it in that case. Um, 
Yeah, I just want to know. It seemed like you had an allergic reaction to Taylor Rogers there, which was oh wow, which was fitting. Uh, just the sight of his name, and you were doubled up. A Freudian cough, I guess. Um, oh man, where do we find ourselves with 13 games left to play? Like I said, two weeks from now, there will be no more regular season baseball to play. So we'll be having a podcast like this. We'll be talking about whatever's next and whether or not that includes the Brewers, as we mentioned at the top two and a half games back of the Phillies, which as we know, really means uh, three and a half, four games back of the Padres. And next up on the schedule for the Brewers is four against the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati. The Reds have nothing for, to play for, uh, but bad teams have been an issue for the Brewers all season. Uh, Great American Ballpark is kind of a wild card sometimes if just home runs are flying out like crazy. Uh, series starts tonight. It's four games, as I mentioned, 540 Central start. Brandon Woodruff takes on Hunter Green. Uh, Friday, September 23rd, uh, ESPN has this wrong again, um, but I know what's happening because thank you. Thankfully, the beat writers have clued us in that this Friday, September 23rd, another 540 Central start. Eric Lauer will make his return to the rotation coming off the IL to face Mike Miner. And then on Saturday, we've got Corbin Burns going up against Graham Ashcraft at 540 as well. And then 1240 finale on Sunday. Uh, Right now in the MLB app, it's TBD versus TBD. Could be Aaron Ashby. Could be Jason, or not Jason Alexander, excuse me. Um, could be Aaron Ashby. Could be another bullpen day, including Aaron Ashby. Could be another opener. I guess it depends on uh, how these next three go. But uh, four against the Reds, then two against the Cardinals, four against the Marlins, three against the Diamondbacks, and then the season is over. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies uh, on their horizon is four at home against the Atlanta Braves who are trying to chase down the Mets in the National League Central. San Diego Padres, what are they up to? They feels like they we, have, we uh, don't need to worry about them anymore, honestly. Um, Unless the, only they reason we, the, the only reason we do is because they have three against the Dodgers next week. <laughs> they might need six against the Dodgers, though, for it to be relevant to us. They play uh, one more against St. Louis uh, tonight, who have been utterly useless. St. Louis Cardinals, useless franchise. Um, if they win a World Series, um, I'm I'm gonna cry on the podcast, fully, fully, full out, uh, or something. I don't know. Maybe I'll just go like troll the troll their fans on Twitter, or just go retweet best fans uh, in baseball Twitter account all day. Yeah, there'll be my catharsis. I showed them. Uh, then three in Colorado, three against the Dodgers, three against the White Sox three against the Giants. Similarly to the Brewers, they end with just a, a long stretch of home games. Um, but as you mentioned, after looking like it was coming down to got out last the Padres, it's now pretty clearly got to chase down the Phillies. Um, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing the maths here, right? I've just had a look at the numbers. Uh, I'm much more discouraged than I was before I did the bats, looked at the numbers, and looked at the schedules. Oh, I, uh, don't, I th- don't think it's implausible that the Brewers might have to go 12 and 1, 11 and 2, 
and that's even assuming like that the Braves take care of business. Let, allow the Phillies is... getting one there. Like it's 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 getting really grim, Andrew. I honestly think if they don't have a lead at the end of this series, it's at the end of this weekend, it's it's probably done. That's my take. Just because I don't I don't see any way that they don't go. Let's do this math. What? Seven, six and six and one against the Cubs and Nationals. I don't see any way that doesn't happen. I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking. It's possible. Like anything is possible. They could completely crumble in those kind of games. But that's not something. If you're the Brewers, like we can't plan for that. It it really is getting to. You're gonna have to go twelve and one, eleven and two to give yourself any chance. And that is tough. That is not the team this team has been for quite some time. Because if they're to do that, that is gonna require. Uh, well, sweeping very nearly everyone, but starting with the Reds, you've got to sweep the Reds. Seasons on the line, not just like oh, any given night, every night. You've got to win these games. You have got to sweep the Reds. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, there's no silver linings if you don't, because guess what? There's not many baseball games left. Um. Yeah, the with the underlying narrative of do the Braves want to help me or punch me square in the face is another question. But you know what? Soon it'll all be over. That's one of the the better parts of this is, and then we can start talking about the off the off season. Yeah, well, when we get there, we can we can decide whether talking about the off season is going to bring us joy or further frustrations. I don't know, but. We one way or another, it's probably not too far down the line that our conversations are gonna pivot to that kind of subject. Not just yet, though. We've still got Brewers baseball. They're still in this, but they just can't afford silly mistakes. They can't afford to let games go. Can't afford to blow four run leads anymore. That that day has long passed. So we need to, to see the Brewers go to Cincinnati, take care of business like they should against a team like the Reds. And guess what? You're home for the rest of the season. And maybe if you are to get something magical going, you can do it at AmFam. You can give yourself a chance to uh, maybe come into the playoffs as the hottest team in baseball because that is probably what it would require for the Brewers to get there. I've decided what the most painful uh, result for the season would be. And that's to finish tied with the Phillies and not make the playoffs. Sure. That's that's not even. I mean, there's probably more. It's like, how do they finish tied though? Do they do they find themselves with a lead and they lose two to the Diamondbacks to close out the season to finish no, tied they with find the Phillies? The, they find themselves with a lead <laughs> in the last game of the season with a with a game lead, and then they're up three in the top of the ninth. And your favorite Diamondback, whoever that is, I don't know. I, d- I don't uh, know either. <laughs> <laughs> it's a grand slam. Uh, and then we, and then I have to get like a snake timber tattoo across my bottom lip. That's when we really <laughs> that that would be the worst. Yeah, let's hope we avoid that echo one way or another. Like, uh, let's let's be humane about this, Brewers. If you're gonna hurt us, let's just let's get to the point, or let's just go and do the thing. 
yeah, you can tell you can tell we've gotten really to the business end of this season of a 162 game season just by how soup for brains I've been this entire episode as I'm just projecting out <laughs> things that could possibly happen to torment me. Uh, but you know what? It's been a fun season so far. It's been a stressful season so far, and we got two more weeks of it, and then and then poof, it's gone. It's certainly been a season. All right, I think that does it for us for now. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It's a cruising for a bruising. So you don't miss any future episodes. I'm sure right now your appetite is right where it needs to be to be like, yeah, I want to hear what it sounds like with some of these horrible outcomes may potentially come to pass. So to stay on top of all that, go subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Twitter at BrewersGSPN. I'm at AdamGee11. Andrew's at AC Snide. Of course, you should also follow all other things. Here's that podcast network. We've got the main GSPN feed. Home to the Eurostep with Ty and Rowan. Home to Win and Six with myself and Jordan Tresky. We've got Talk of the Tundra with Numak and a rotating cast of the rest of us um, talking all things Green Bay Packers. And we've got Make Time for This podcast for pop culture and other things with myself and Andrew most consistently. We'll eventually rope some of the other guys on there too. I think that's pretty much it gspn.info you get details and everything else you want to get in the discord you want to check out the merch store whatever it might be that's the place you'll find all of that if you like what you hear please leave us a five star rating or review until next time thanks again to all of you for listening thank you thanks adam <laughs>